Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to That Gabby Roslin Podcast, part of the Acast Creator Network. This is our Christmas special and this year we have Father Christmas or Father Bakemus. He's Paul Hollywood. Delighted to welcome him to the podcast. He's very cheeky. He's very nice. We have a laugh together. And I may know him quite well, especially over this Christmas. Hmm. If you're thinking that I might be alluding to something, well, you'll have to listen. Don't forget, you can keep up to date by following and subscribing, please, to the podcast, where a new episode is released every Monday. Leave us a rating on the Apple Podcast app. And whilst you're there, why not leave us a review? We love to hear your thoughts. Now, on with the show. for Hollywood. <laughs> this is our Christmas special together. You're our Christmas guest because quite frankly, you are now Christmas. <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to look more and more like Father Christmas. <laughs> Stop. You're beautiful. I was what do you know what I was watching last night? So I'm going to freak you out. I was watching one of your very first ever TV appearances with Gloria Honeyford. Oh God, yeah. From 22 years ago. I think it was, yeah. That I remember that. I was making muffins. Yes, you were. Oh, my goodness. I was. <laughs> I remember most of my recipes. Do you? <laughs> Strangely. <laughs> That's amazing. Do you know what? You actually haven't changed. Yes, your hair's whiter. My hair yeah. is even more fake blonde, so I know what that's like. But but you haven't changed at all. And you, there's just, I'm not surprised that, TV beckoned you and that you're now so huge on TV because you looked like you were loving it. It was an unusual, unusual circumstance because obviously there's not a school you go to to say, I want to do telly. I, I, I've i met a handful of people that wanted to do telly and set out to do telly. A lot of people fell into it. It's really odd. It was really odd. I, I had no intention. It t- TV wasn't even on the radar. And it just it found me rather than me hunting it down. I was very, well, either lucky or unlucky the way you look at it. No, lucky, lucky. But how did it happen? How did the fall, you say it just sort of fell into yeah. that. How did the fall happen? Well, I did um, back in uh, 88. I remember doing a local BBC news thing, you know, for the evening slot. And they wanted to cover uh, the bread in the hotel. I was working at the Chester Grosvenor at the time. And the chef said to me, camera crew are coming in. 
come in smart, you're going to be on telly. And I went, what? So I did this. We seemed to film for like three hours. And I thought, wow, this is going to go on for ages. And I think when I saw it in the evening with all my family, I was on for about three minutes. And um, I was like, this is this is interesting. Um, I've never experienced anything like that before. It was quite a buzz. And then years later, I was in the I was in Cyprus working in a hotel called the Annabelle in Paphos. And a film crew came out with Thane Prince, who used to write for The Telegraph. She was a, a food critic. And she was doing a series called Food from the Village. And it was in connection with the hotel I was working with. So they said, you, you, should, uh, you should meet Thane. So I met Thane. I met one of the producers, Jake Senior, and um, they said, would you like to do some TV? And I went, yeah, okay. So we did this little bit about Cypriot bread and Cypriot desserts and things in Cyprus. And I took them to my, my baker's home, which was an idyllic setting. And uh, afterwards, they said, oh, you should do some more TV. And I said, oh, why? So you're quite a natural. I went, oh, thank you. So they gave me this card. And then they said, oh, you should contact my agent when you get back. So about two years later, I was back, contacted uh, the agent at the time. And uh, I think within three months, I was doing a series with James Martin called Use Your Loaf, which is quite old. And that's where it started from, really. Uh, but it's what's so lovely is you still have that, and I'm, I mean this in a lovely way, that wide-eyed look at television. It's as if you're not yeah. bored of it. You still love it. I, I I do. Well, I enjoy being in the tent. It's like it's like my second home now. I've been in there for thirteen years, and it does. It's you know played a huge part in my life, and my my baking career professionally was great. My CV is fantastic. You know, um, TV side of things was was very new, and it was quite nervous because TV started taking over more and more of my life. And I had to let go of the professional side, the baking, to concentrate on the TV side of things, the writing and the, the filming. And that was quite nervous. You know, when you take that leap to say, all right, I'm going to stop what I'm doing here and I'm going to concentrate on this. Uh, and that was really nervous. But, uh, you know, ultimately, it ended up with the bake-off. I started dabbling in a few bits and pieces, like the Gloria Hunterford show I did this morning with Richard and Judy a few times. And... I remember Richard saying, "Oh, you're you're all this morning baking out," and I went, "Oh, that's oh wow, okay, thank <laughs> you. That's gonna be that's gonna be interesting." And then I, I did Heaven and Earth show. I remember on Sunday mornings, and I was doing the odd bits here. I did the Generation Game once. With, yes, uh, I watched that as well. Last that was night. hilarious with Jimmy <laughs> with Jim Davidson. That was that was hilarious. Um, and to be on an iconic show like that, I was like, wow. <laughs> But it was weird because a couple of weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago now, I was promoting my book in America. And I was doing the late show with Steve, Stephen Colbert. And I did that. And in the morning, I did Good Morning America. And I remember I walked out the studios of Good Morning America and I looked up, I was in Times Square. And my book was on in Times Square on this huge screen. And I went, wow, wow. How did I end, how did I end up? with my book and my image on this huge screen in, in Times Square. And I thought, no, this is this is weird now. And I think it's Bake Off. Bake Off's been this, you know, um, this monster of a program that's that seems to have appealed to a lot of people and tapped into this very Britishness of being in a tent and baking cakes. And I think that's part, it's very nostalgic, I think. 
And I think you probably found it yourself. You know, I think I think you know the whole thing about Bake Off is. Oh my word! It's quite a family thing. You know, the crew we've had the virtually the same crew for thirteen years. There's a few guys that were there right at the beginning are still there now. So when we, when I catch up, it's like catching up with mates again. You know. You, well, uh, we're, it's so wonderful to be able to talk about this because, of course, this uh, the the Christmas special that I'm a part of, I haven't been able to say until now because we're so close to Christmas. Um, uh, and for me, it, well, it, I, I mean, you know how excited I was. But I, I, <laughs> the crew were lovely and serving ice cream to the crew in my lunch was one of my favourite things I've ever done. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I've never made a cake in my life. And so with this, we can't give any spoilers away of what happened. No. But I did no. make a cake. I made I know a you cake. Did. And it was edible. <laughs> just probably. You're just being nice now. It was. It was decent. <laughs> We're not allowed to say anything about what actually happened um, on the day. But, oh, no, but no. it's... it's I. I my family know what happened. Yeah. They don't believe what I tell them. So, <laughs> no, they really don't. They just go, but you've never made a cake. Mum, you've never. I, went, I know. I make a cake and I make some other things too. But I was <laughs> I was doing the technical challenge for the whole thing because I'd never done it before. But it was. Well, can I ask you a question? Have you, have you baked since? Truth? Yeah. I've done. Oh, well, I'm going to give give it away. Okay. The only thing I've no, done. You just say, have you baked? Generally. I haven't you baked, baked a cake, but oh, I've wow, okay. done some piping. That's not the same. I Gabby. loved the, you know, I loved the piping. I enjoyed <laughs> the piping so much. But what an experience to be in there. And as you say, that it's such a, a team show. And, yeah, it is. Um, and it's very exactly what you see is what you get. So as somebody who's who's watched every single episode um, and the, the last series was fantastic as well. Again, I didn't want anybody to ever go. And congratulations to, to the winner, of course. But um, the, the, for, for me being in there, I was able to come home and say, because I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. I'm. I'm not yeah. a soul. You sign that piece of paper. Do not tell a soul. But, but, being in there, I just realised it was exactly what I watched. Every single person, the crew were incredible. You guys all really do get on. You, yeah, we do. Yeah, we, and you we, we love the show. You love that show. I know. I think it's an odd one because, you know, to be part of Bake Off, there's a lot of programmes out there have been running a long time, like MasterChef, and obviously Generation Game was running a long time, and Bake Off's been running... In TV world, 13 years is a long time yeah. in TV. And to keep it still there is is incredible. I remember after two two series, they were saying, well, I remember after the first series, Sue saying to me, I, I said to her, do you, do you really think this could go somewhere? He goes, I, I can't see it working. I really can't see it working because we just couldn't see past the, the fact that it was a bit, uh villagey it was bunting it was a bit kitsch and i thought yeah you're probably right well at least we've had fun and it's just good it just went on and i think picking up baftas and ncas and all these awards and you're thinking that it's awesome i mean it is the crew did such a lot of work in the background and i think when we arrive in the tent everything's sort of set up for us to do our job then you know for the matt and noel and before, you know, with um, Sandy and then Mel and Sue to do their stuff. And 
it, 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 it is very much kept within the same format, the same mould as, as, as it always has been. My job hasn't changed that much. I've given out a few more handshakes, but that's generally because the quality of the baking is better. Um, oh, however, I say that next year, I'm thinking I'm going to rain my handshakes in a bit because <laughs> I'm um, I'm giving too many of them out because I've decided I have to up the bar again. And if anyone gets over that, I'm going to be really surprised. That's so funny. Yeah. And also, you're as Prue said on this podcast a few months ago, and, you know, I have you and I have met many, many times now yeah. and away from cameras as well. And you're a big softie and what's so lovely. And I mean that in a lovely way. And uh, But you haven't become pantomime, whereas there are other judges and we know, and I know you know a, a couple of them um, quite well, but they've sort of become pantomime characters. You haven't. You've yeah. kept very true to your craft because you really do. Your craft is something you're passionate about. All of those books, all of the other TV shows, which we'll talk about in a minute. But but at the core, this is what you train to do from a young man. This is something that you're passionate about. And you don't take the piss. No, I, I, I try not to. I mean, I'm, I'm brutally honest sometimes with people. And maybe some of my vac vocabulary and my descriptive words uh, to describe what I'm tasting or looking at can be a bit uh, edgy, should I say that? But I, I, it's but it's just where I'm from and the way I've grown up, the way I speak. So sometimes it probably comes across as being quite hard. There's always, and I always emphasise this. There's always, and it sometimes doesn't meet the edit. I'll always back that up with if you'd done this. So there's always. Yeah, you know, constructive criticism. It's never destructive because initially I have to be destructive in a sense of I have to be honest with them. But after that, I'm I'm straight with them and say, listen, if you'd done this, this, and this, that would have been better because you would have ended up with that. And they go, oh. And the ones, the people on Bake Off that listen to Prue and I's judgment and learn from it, they do get better, and they're the ones that go further in the in the Bake Off. I think the ones that ignore it say, I know better. Well, they're amateur bakers. I mean, all of them are amateur bakers and they can't expect to be professionals. It takes years to get to that level of professionalism. And I think it's something that they they then have to, it's like passing your test. You know, from when you left the when you leave the tent, you pass your test, you can drive, but then you've got to learn how to drive properly. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You can't yes. just jump straight into a Formula One car and expect to be quick. I was actually going to go to cars next, but you've led me into that. <laughs> That's the other, your other passion. I mean, because you and I have a mutual friend in Mr. Chris Evans, and I know that, you know, you two could talk cars for England. Why were you <laughs> never, why have you never hosted a, a car show? Why is that never? I have. No, no, no. But, I have. Well, the one I'm talking about then, you know, Top Gear. Oh, the, the, you, the big one. Yeah, Top Gear. It, that, to um, me, you should have been the host of Top Gear. <laughs> I would have liked to have done that. I think, I think when Matt did it originally, I would have loved to work with Matt. And I, I do like the guys now. I know Paddy McGuinness very well. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I'll, I'd never say no to Top Gear because I grew up with it. You know, yeah. I think everybody grew up with the likes of Jeremy. I've met the lads. Uh, at a, I think it, they're doing Top Gear live in Birmingham, and I I, uh, I met the guys there for dinner, which was interesting. Um, but I think. I think that Top Gear is still one of the great programs. You know, it's still great. I think recently it's gotten a bit more comedic than it has cars. And I think the old Top Gear was going that way a little bit as well. It was all, it was going, it become like a sketch show. 
rather than about the cars themselves, you know. Um, and I, I like to get into knitting gritty of a car and, and get stuck. And the same with motorbikes. I'm really into my motorbikes as well. So I did go riding a lot um, and I enjoy that atmosphere of going to a bike meet and meeting lots of people and I can just disappear amongst everybody and just enjoy you know where I'm at I go to a lot of track uh, racing you know I was at Catalonia in Barcelona a few months ago and that was incredible just to watch the guys going around on these world superbikes was just stay I love all that I love the fuel elements of things you know ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, okay, you have to choose. You have to. It's a new world. Do you choose bread or do you choose bikes? Bikes. Bikes? Wow. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. The great <laughs> British bike-off. I, listen, I'm, I'm in there already. <laughs> I, I, I do think that uh, biking is a huge release for me because when I put the helmet on, most of my helmets are quite tinted heavily and so you can't see who i am and the people when i go to a bike meet i tend to keep my head down a lot um but when i'm riding i could be anybody do you know what i mean and yeah. if someone pulls out on me i might stick two fingers up at them and they won't know it's me <laughs> but if they knew it's me i'll get in the press so <laughs> i mean i the, the beauty of anonymity on the bike i love i love the fact that i can jump on a bike and enjoy it and no one's staring at me you know what i mean i like, just enjoy me the road and the bike i love that how does how how do you take to celebrity? Because my word, you know, even though I know you, um, obviously I was doing my research on you, and mm. good God, the press love to gossip about you, don't they? Every single part of your life. I mean, there's, it's like you're oh, not allowed anything private, and if there is no. anything private and you don't talk about it, then other people will. Yeah. How do you cope yeah. with all that? I don't really. I mean, I do now. I've, I've sort of got used to it and grown a bit thick-skinned. Uh, I never answer these salacious gossip stories um, to the press because often, you know, you always get a thing in the press saying, oh, we approached agent or whoever for a comment. You know what I mean? I, you know, at the end of a piece, they always have that. And I, I never answer. I, I just don't bother because it's like adding fuel to a fire. Yeah, it's like course. breathing oxygen onto a load of nonsense. And 99% of them are or untruths or twisted truths of what they actually are. So, I mean, if you're, they've had it in for me for a while. and But why? You just, I don't know, Bake Off's too big. You see, the beauty, I think Bake Off has been, they've always, I think the press always loved the idea of building somebody up yes. and then smashing them down and going, oh, isn't it a shame? But they, it's all constructed. The whole thing is a constructed thing. Yes, I've made mistakes in my life, but who hasn't? Isn't that what? Isn't that what life is about? And those it mistakes is. And I, I think you do. I mean, I went through a you know a, a divorce, and divorces aren't nice on either party. But to do it in the public eye, I find that disgusting because there's an there's you're you're not just doing it to 
the people in question, you're doing it to the kids, you're doing it to the families on both sides. And it, it's just not right. I mean, you think, and they say, oh, they, it, under the under the warrant of it's done in the public interest. Well, I would totally disagree with that because I don't think the public really give a shit, you know. Yeah. And I, I do think that uh, it's something you have to deal with when you're doing this. I mean, I'm a, I'm a judge on a baking show. I'm not a politician or a, or someone in position of power. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I asked because, um, you know, the I, I hate the word celebrity. I, 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 I you know, uh, I, yeah, good. I, I, there's something, it, it's turned into a very dirty word. And, does, yeah. and it's not like you've courted it. Now, obviously, there are some people who do and who love to use their celebrity status. You love mm. your job. You love your, your bakes, your bikes, your cars, you, you know, all of that. And you've yeah. created this, that you know, you're part of this huge, wonderful, tented monster. But you haven't courted celebrity. And it is, so some people that I chat to, I just think, yeah, okay, you like being a celebrity. And they'll admit it. Yeah. Do you I like? Know that, I know. I know a lot of people that are, but it's just I've shied away from. It. I mean, I get invited to a lot of big celebrity parties. I have to go to some of the of the award ceremonies because Bake Off's involved. Even then, I fight and say, oh, "I don't. I don't want to do it." You know, um, and I th- I have to go to some of these these things. And um, I mean, my partner at the moment, Melissa, I I took it to the Kingsman. Um, Matthew Vaughan phoned me up. He was the producer director of. Um, the Kingsman franchise, and he called me up to help him out with. We did this uh, promotional gig to promote the Kingsman because the Bakewell Tart was involved with the film. So I said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that, no problem." So I went to the uh, went to the um, the premiere in in Leicester Square, and I said to Mal, I- "I'll take you. Let give the press the picture, and they'll probably leave us alone. Then you know, at least they've got the picture, and they'll that'll be it, you know." So I, I wanted to go anyway to watch the movie. And so did she. But there's no way you're going to creep into somewhere like that. So we thought we did the whole nine yards, got dolled up and went down, got the picture. And sure enough, within 40 minutes of me walking in, it was in the press. And I thought, okay, fine, it's done now. But so you have to sort of feed them occasionally and say, yeah, you got your one, I'll leave me alone. I don't go to a lot of celebrity parties. I don't go to London that often. I live in the middle of nowhere in Kent. And I like that. I like the quiet life. I don't. There's nothing glamorous about what I do at home. Um, I like tinkering. I like building Lego. I like doing the garden. I like sitting on my lawnmower. I like going out for rides on my bike. Um, I, and that's that's what I enjoy doing. You know, I bake a lot at home. I enjoy that. I'm not. I don't mix with a huge amount of people, and so I keep myself very much to myself. And but to 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 categorize me, which the press have done, saying he's a shit, he's this, he's that, and then hang everything on that it's just ridiculous i mean any bad story that comes out with the with the bake-off it's never normally with the other three it's always a picture of me front and center and i'm going yeah "Yeah, thanks for that it's just yeah whatever you've chosen you've chosen you know the path you put me in a box and i'd probably never get out of that box but that's just the way it is you know so how did mel take to her picture being everywhere after 40 minutes well you know, we've been together, what, three years, three years now. And um, she's got used to it. Uh, I remember they were sitting outside because their family have had this pub for 15 years and she runs it and she works hard. She works all the hours. And um, she she didn't like it initially and still doesn't really like it. Um, she doesn't like the comments. 
And I said, don't read the comments. Yes, exactly. Do not read the comments. Honestly, these people are weird. I said, don't read comments in newspapers. And, you know, the general public are, you know, the the whole general public, when you take the general consensus, are quite quite normal. I've always been very nervous after all the stuff that I've been through in the press of going out and meeting the public. I've never had anyone scream at me, unless it's about Bake Off saying, oh, they shouldn't have left. You know, there's no animosity, although the press have tried damn hard to, to, to do to get that. And I've never had that. Um, the only animosity and verbal abuse I get is normally from paps that hang around and they hail abuse at you. Um, you may have had that, you know, just to get a photograph. Um, and it's something which you you sort of have to live with. But it's wrong, though. Um, and I do feel for anyone that, that wants to be on telly to do a, a job, uh, the backlash of it is quite severe. But having said that, I've, I've sort of got used to it now. You know, I yeah. keep my head down and do what I do and try not to let it let it affect me, you know. Um, it's funny because my mum cuts all the cuttings out of the newspaper, puts them in a scrapbook, good and bad. And she's quite proud every time I go around. She opens it up and I'm going, oh, no, oh. Mom, what are you doing? Uh, I said, what have you got that for? Oh, well, this was in. I said, thanks, Mum. Oh bless her! She's just a proud mummy. So when know, yeah. when when you would uh, uh, join the the family firm, the baking, yeah, they were pr- they were proud then, though, weren't they? So you've sort yeah. of so th- you said you didn't expect to do what you did and end up on telly. So for your dad, who was a baker, and I'm mean, not not just a local baker. I mean, it sort of it was quite big. <laughs> um, mm, that yeah. that that you joined, they must have felt so proud about that. And then and then your mum then watching all of this happen. It sort of must be no wonder she's collecting the cuttings. It's surreal. Do you know what she does now? It's just really funny. I years ago remember. I think when you're in this game, you always get those photographs which you used to sign for people. Yes. You know, you used to get the, now it's selfies, isn't it? Yeah. Instagram or whatever, it's all selfies now. But when you used to do these old photographs, I remember I was doing a few bits of TV and my agent said, oh, you need a couple of photographs for people. So we got this photograph done and we blew it up into a card and I signed a load and she used to send them out to people. Um, and what was weird was my mum, uh, I, I haven't got them anymore. Every time I go, oh, have you got any more photographs? No, I don't, no, I don't. I don't have them. So she's photographed, photocopied a load of these things on this piece of paper, and she she forges my signature no! and then gives them to people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so adorable! It's so cute. I know. Oh, I know. that's so lovely. It must be so so surreal for her, though. All of that. It, yeah, I get. I, I don't see my mum that often because she's up north and I'm stuck working. I love going to see. I love going up north to see the rest of my, my brothers and family, and it, it's such a chilled out place. And I, I'm, my accent comes back within sort of two hours of me being back. Um, but I, I do think that um, you know your home uh, where you were brought up. I feel very chilled out there. I, I can go to the local pubs with my mates, um, and I, I feel totally relaxed there. And everyone really doesn't give a shit who I am, which is which is fantastic. And uh, I remember saying to my mum, mum, I'll take you out to a really flash restaurant, you know, let's go to somewhere really flash. And she goes, oh, let's go down to that harvester down in the front. Oh. And I said, well, I was thinking somewhere slightly different, but okay, let's go down there. And she was happy. And to be honest, so was I. <laughs> I love that. That's how it should be, though. There was, There's a lovely moment um, of you, I think it was with Jonathan Ross, where you're doing your nunchucks and oh, yeah. you're showing him, you know, and there was a moment watching that as well where I just saw 
what I think you were like as a child. And it it's as if you you were really in maybe I'm completely wrong. You can tell me that I'm wrong. But you were very open and enthusiastic and, and but you wanted to do really well at whatever it was you did. Were you always like that? Well, am I right? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was. It was something which I I found was very chilled out actually. I was I was quite a quiet child. Uh and because of that, um I I, I didn't really put myself on a stage to say, I'm gonna do this. And so but I was very quite an intense little boy. I, if I liked something, I really got into something. You know what I mean? I always wanted everything. I remember I was into gremlins, buying all these little gremlin models years ago. Um, I think it was about 12, 13, something like that. Then I remember having this little Lamborghini photographs on my wall, and I was into Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. And, and I, I, I was quiet. You know, I was a bit of a hippie, a bit of a, a sweat as I was then. I was, a, I was into the sort of uh, ACDC, Zeppelin, Hall Quinn, Pink Floyd music. And... Um, I, I found the whole thing amazing. I, I had a pretty quiet childhood. Grew up in and around a church, uh, going to church every Sunday. Um, but I, I was a normal kid, quite quiet, quite shy. My mum said, I'd never believed you're going to do anything like you do now. So she's been really shocked. She goes, of all my brothers, um, my other brothers, uh, one of them, anyway, uh, is a little bit louder than I am. He said, I would have thought he would have done it, not you. I just don't know where it came from. I just don't know where my name. But I bet that you wanted to succeed. I get that feeling that you... I am were... driven. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ambitious because my dad made a little bit of money. He had a nice house. He had a couple of Rolls Royces, remember, at his peak. So I thought, bacon takes you to that. And so I had that as a benchmark, and that's quite a high benchmark. Yeah. Um, so I worked in some of the best hotels uh, in UK, Europe, and just tried to be the best at what I could. And I enjoyed my job. So whatever I got into, I tried to do the best that I could. Um, and I'm still like that now. I always try and I, I don't watch Bake Off. I mean, I know I'm on it, but I don't watch it. Sometimes Melissa will have it on in the background. I'm going, oh, I can't turn it off. I can't. <laughs> I can't watch myself on telly. Um, it was just, it was really bad, but uh, no, that's been difficult. So all of your shows, so you've got all the shows, you know, you went to um, Japan and Mexico and you've got about 2,500 books Gabby, out. can you give me a second? Yeah. I've got a card I just yeah, yeah, an go. hour early. Give me one yeah, second. Yeah. Hang on. Sorry, hi. Yeah, hi. I'm intrigued to know what you've got on your feet. It sounds like you're wearing flip-flops. I'm wearing slippers. Oh, I wear slippers love I'm a slipper. I'm a slipper man. I, if, listen, I wear a dressing gown and slippers all day, I would. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that image is sort of staying with me and I'm happy with it. It's absolutely fine. Um, so you've got, um, you've done all the TV shows, your travel shows and eating your yeah. way around the world and yeah. Mexico recently and then all the thousands and thousands of books. Where do you see... The, the next bit going you I know you, obviously you're not going to leave Bake Off you, you it, that's you through and through um mm. but where do you see sort of the next the next chapters where what would you like to be doing I mean I, I did a couple of car series I did a program on Aston Martin and I did three road trip programs in France Italy and Germany and it was three one-hour programs which were road trips and I travelled throughout checking out Porsches and Ferraris and Lambos and 
checking out the different cars in different countries and meeting different people, which I found fascinating. And I loved it because it was away from food. It was very different to my normal day job. And of course, it was also feeding a passion of mine. I would like to do something more car bike related, probably travel. I did a, a trip across New uh, America from New York to LA on a big dog chopper, you know, huge big dog i mean it's literally like a easy rider you know and across you the mean States you don't mean a barking dog you mean a bike dog oh no it's called the bit yeah that's yes, right it's a thank big you. dog chopper just it had to check basically it's like it's like the old easy rider with a huge stretch stretched out forks you know um to the front wheel and it was amazing and i loved it because i was meeting people we were talking a bit of food as well but it was about travel and seeing different places and city bakes fed that a lot as well I must have done 30, 40 of those where I travel around the world, checking out every, I mean, from St. Petersburg to Cape Town to Iceland to San Francisco to Miami to New York, I mean, and all the places in between. That was incredible city bakes. I think that really opened my eyes to, to the world of baking and helped me came up with a load of ideas for Bake Off, actually, different challenges and stuff. So I do like travel, whether it's in a bike, car, whatever i like travel so i think travel is something i'd like to do a little bit more of away from bake off so but you will carry on with bake off yeah yeah i will i mean it's it's i feel part of bake off i feel it's part of me um and we've had a few people you know coming in you know a uh, couple of people leaving a couple of people coming in and it still remains overall exactly the same um because what i knew and I quickly realised, was the stars of the show were always the bakers. They always were and always will be. We're the framework for the bake-off. The tent and us are the framework. But the actual content of the picture has always been the baking and the bakers. Uh, and they're the stars of each year. So that's why it carries on quite nicely, you know, because every year the cast changes and, and people get behind their bakers. And that's why I think Bake Off will be around for a while. Well, I certainly hope so. Somebody who's uh, watched every single episode from when it first started, and even though with my gluten allergy, people go, how come you're watching it? You've never made a cake. You don't eat cakes. I go, oh, but I love this show. I didn't know you were celiac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm okay. pleased you were and concentrating. I did gluten-free, and you even thought it tasted okay. Yeah, It did taste all right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. No soggy bottom. Really nice. Tell you what, some of the gluten-free cakes taste amazing. Really good. Yeah, but unfortunately, if you go and buy any, they taste of sand. Some of them do. Some of them don't. There are a lot out there that don't. And to be honest, you best off baking them yourself. So you've got no excuse now. You need to I know. I know. And also bread. Gluten-free bread yeah. is disgusting. Nobody makes a good gluten-free bread. It's difficult. It is difficult. I know. It's not impossible, but it is difficult. One of these days. Uh, Paul, do you know what? I, 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 you know I adore you. And as I said, hooray for Hollywood. Uh, happy Christmas. Happy New Year. And just be happy and say hi to Mel. I will do. Thank All you, right, my darling, And a Merry Christmas to you. Lots of love. Thank you so much for listening and for listening to season three. That's it. Happy Christmas, one and all. Happy New Year. And we will be back in 2023 with season four of the podcast until then take good care of yourselves and thank you so much for listening that gabby roslin podcast is proudly presented to you by cameo productions with music by beth Macari. if you wouldn't mind could you give us a like a follow a subscribe and please leave a review we read them all and love to see what you've got to say hey.